Hello and welcome back to K-Drama Rants. My name is Melanie and I love to rant about K-Dramas. Very specifically this one because it keeps showing me things that I do that apparently are unique to people with autism or not normal for neurotypical folk. So I'm learning a lot about myself while watching this. It's a good show. High entertainment value, low educational value. (laughs) All right, so this episode is mostly courtroom drama, which is interesting. And I hope that the next episodes aren't always like that. Not because I don't like a courtroom drama, but because that's not really what you sign up for when you start watching K-dramas. I know that she's an attorney and the big part of her life is law and being in a courtroom and I expect that to happen. I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen at all. I'm just saying that if most of it is cases and just having random side stories and not really about her and her journey into getting better at law or becoming independent from her father, which is a really big thing this episode, I'm gonna be disappointed because I definitely prefer her journey than courtroom dramas but maybe it's because I see myself a lot when I see her but that's not for right now I will make a note of it if it remains like that in the future so this episode we start at a wedding it's very lovely very big very grandiose and husband and wife just married are walking back down the aisle and All of a sudden, the wife looks to her left and seems in a lot of distress, and something catches her eye, and she drops her bouquet and trips on her dress, and the dress falls off her body, as well as the undergarments fall off her body and a back tattoo that she has is on full display, and so are her biddies. So are her biddies. I cannot imagine being on a wedding day where all eyes are on you, and then your biddies are out without you meaning them to be out. That's terrifying. Zero out of 10 would never recommend. The groom immediately covers her, so he's at least a winner in that sense. And then we cut to attorney Wu, who is having breakfast with her father, and she notes that the ham that he's using to make the kimbap is not the usual ham. And I don't think I would ever notice something like that, but also I think I would if I really liked the food and I was used to it tasting a certain type of way. But you know what? I take it back. I totally would notice if (laughs) someone used a different ham. And then After she makes a note of that, her dad is like, I can't wait for you to get married. Don't you want to wear a dress like that? And she's like, do you want to wear a dress like that? Because there was a wedding on the TV at the restaurant where she was having breakfast. It's her dad's restaurant. The restaurant is Uyongu Gimbat, I think. So we can assume that it belongs to them. When they're talking about the ritual of weddings, she immediately relates it to whales as you do naturally but she stops herself right in the nick of time and her dad's like whoa did you just stop yourself from talking about whales and she's like yeah i've made a resolution i'm not going to talk to people who don't want me to talk about whales because i have someone to listen to me who wants to listen to me talk about whales so i'm going to talk with them and the dad's like yo what who is this person but then she just leaves because she's late for work And so we cut to the bride's father showing up at Hanbada, which is the law firm that attorney Wu works at. I'm gonna try to remember characters' names this time around. I make no promises though. I've already nicknamed a bunch of them, which is how I usually watch K-dramas with my friends. For example, we just stopped watching Crash Landing on You and the guy who scams the main character's brother in that show. We called him Discount Eric Nam. And I do think of two characters as Tweedledee and Tweedledum in this show. So I'm probably going to refer to them interchangeably as their name and Tweedledee and Tweedledum. 
Don't get me wrong, I will explain who they are when they come back up again. <laughs> now that tangent is over, we cut back to the father arriving at Hanbada law firm. Or Hanbada? I don't remember how to pronounce it, I'm sorry. So he has a meeting set up with the CEO of the law firm, Han, and Uyong's direct boss, manager, supervisor. I don't know what the structures are in law firms. Attorney Jung. I will try to remember his name. <laughs> and so he starts telling her about telling them about the wedding and they are like congratulations and he immediately is like no actually no this is a bad thing actually bad things have happened in relation to this wedding so no so they explain what happened at the wedding you know the dress slipping off the dad is obviously upset because it was a very expensive wedding i think it was a 200 million won which i think roughly translates not translates that's not the right word which converted to dollars is about 175k fancy schmancy wedding there were a thousand people there and we later find out that none of them were friends of the bride so that speaks to the kind of wedding that it is it's more of a business partnership than it is a true love match and we find out that the dad is so butthurt about this wedding going poorly and his daughter's biddies being on display that he wants a billion won in damages which is about four times what he paid for the wedding which is bonkers much bonkers and the thing is the hotel offered a full refund plus a 10 million won stay at the hotel because of what happened so that seems reasonable to me you got a free fucking wedding a free hundred seventy five thousand dollar wedding god just take it and move on but if they'd done that they wouldn't have been able to fill out an hour-long episode so the ceo during this conversation about how much money he wants to get in damages tells him, oh, actually, I don't know if we can get you a billion won, because that's a lot of money. And this is like an emotional damages case. And one, those are very hard to prove. And two, yeah, I don't think any court is going to rule in your favor for that much money. And the guy immediately starts acting like a child. Not that he hasn't been acting like a child the entire time. And is like, oh, that's what they told me at Tessan too, which is another law firm that he already does business with and he's like but the ceo han is like oh so you're comparing us to tesan got it we're gonna be better than them so we're gonna get you a billion won and attorney jung who's also in the room is like what excuse me what <laughs> and the entire time at no point did the dad refer to his daughter as having had damages. It's mostly about his pride and how he's been humiliated. So I'm like, cool, love this guy. I love him, I love him. So after the CEO Han guarantees to the dad of the bride that she can get this money for him, we cut to Jung and Leongu and the two lawyers that we meet in the last episode where they were being bullies at her. Their names are Attorney Kwon, which is the guy who I'm calling mentally Tweedledum, and Attorney Choi, I think? Yeah, I'm right, which I'm calling Tweedledee in my head. And so we cut to them having this conversation about how they can approach this case how they can get the money for this guy and Tweedledee and Tweedledum are like it's impossible and the guy's like in order to win this case we need to make sure that we can prove that the hotel is at fault here and Tweedledee attorney Choi finds out that that hotel that did the wedding also does catering and the wedding dress and everything so because it was the wedding dress that seemed to be off 
about this thing, it's good because they can actually look for fault in the right places. And it's also as a direct result of the hotel doing something wrong. And then attorney Jung is like, all right, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you're going to be pretending to get married so you can investigate everything that's going on at the hotel. And Wu is going to go with Juno, which is the hot guy in this situation, the main male lead. You're going to go and meet the couple so that we can gather more information. But then Tweedledee is like, actually, can I pretend to be getting married to Juno? I would rather do that. <laughs> and attorney Wu says the weirdest thing which is I would also prefer to be alone with Junho but I'll let it slide <laughs> and Tweedledee's like why <laughs> do you prefer to be alone with him and attorney Wu's like let's just say we have specific conversations with each other what she means by specific conversations with each other is that he's the only person that she can tell whale facts to because he's the only person that lets her talk about whale facts uh, <laughs> it was very funny so Tweedledum and attorney Wu go and meet the bride who has been exposed at her own wedding <laughs> and so attorney Kwan Tweedledum introduces himself and Wu does the thing that she does to say that her name is a palindrome when she introduces herself and so already the bride is like okay and so Tweedledum starts asking her questions and we find out that both she and her husband so they keep calling each other wife and husband but their marriage isn't registered yet so they can annul it i guess it wouldn't even need annulment because it hasn't been registered so it doesn't matter because it's not legally recognized by the law it's not legally recognized by the law great job melanie perfect you know how to talk english and we find out that she and her husband are both living with their parents so we can see that they're not really close to each other and they haven't really decided whether to register yet they're really just waiting for their parents to talk it out and have this petty lawsuit before they can get married or just get their blessing before they do it and it seems like they don't actually want to get married because they don't really care about this wedding and we find out that the reason why they might not end up registering this marriage or having another wedding with the free money that the dad is getting as a refund from the hotel is because her groom's grandfather saw that tattoo that she had in the back or on her back that got exposed when her dress fell. It's from this figure in Buddhist religion. I can't remember the name of the figure, but the grandfather is a devout Christian. So he's like, actually, you can't marry a woman who has a Buddhist religious figure on her back because you're a Christian, so you can't do that. And so that's one of the reasons why they're not immediately getting married again. Another thing that we learn during this conversation that the lawyers are having with the bride is that the morning of the wedding, she was putting on her dress and she mentions that she thinks that the dress is too loose but the people that were getting her dress were like oh it, you probably lost weight so we'll pin it together on your body and it should be fine but this is telling us that some shenanigans happen some shenanigans because she noticed that her dress was too loose on the morning of and that's also when we find out that none of her acquaintances and her friend group were invited really it was just her dad's guest list and then Wu, or attorney Wu, is like do you love your husband <laughs> which let me tell you absolutely sent me because of course not and the bride is like what <laughs> and it was like if you look around your room you can see that you have a lot of pictures here, but none of them are of your husband. They're all of your friends and family, but not of the guy that you married. And the bride's like, oh, they must be at our new place then. And attorney was like, well, there's one image here, and it's the one basically in the trash can. So that was enlightening. Is elucidating a word? Because if it is, 
it was elucidating. So after that, they go see the groom, who doesn't understand why the father-in-law is being so petty about this. And he's convinced that the father-in-law is trying to tear the families apart. But the reason why he thinks that is because his family is the Taehyun group. So it seems like they're a Chebol family and Chebol families are the really wealthy of Korea. So think of people who own Samsung or Hyundai, like that kind of wealthy. And so they are the Taehyun group and they own the hotel or are quote unquote affiliated with the hotel. So he's like, I don't understand why this is happening. If he's hurting us, he's hurting himself. He repeats what the bride said about the grandpa disapproving of the marriage and the tattoo, but that because they're not registered yet, the grandpa isn't that upset. The groom also mentions that he's not sure he wants to get married because now whenever him and the bride meet, it's always a fight. And then another piece of information comes out, which let me tell you, did not merit the amount of surprise (laughs) that Tweedledum expressed on his face, which is that the bride is seeing a psychiatrist. And I'm like, good for you. Like you should. It was a traumatic experience to be exposed to that against your will at an event with a thousand people, especially one that you specifically are the center of attention. That can be rough on somebody. Like, we were not meant to be seen by that many people at once. (laughs) And when they leave the groom, Tweedledum is talking to attorney Wu and being like, I can't believe these people are getting married. They're basically children. I bet they haven't even made a meal for themselves at this age. And attorney Wu is like, what do you mean? Do you make your own meals? And the guy's like, yeah. So we know that Wu does not make her own meals, which I think we kind of view as heavily implied by the fact that she's always asking her dad for kimbap. But yeah, and when we find out that Wu never makes her own meals, she's very surprised and impressed that other people make their own meals. And I'm like, dude, your dad makes his own meals. What do you mean? Like, I just don't, especially for someone who is so keen and aware of her surroundings, it wouldn't make sense to me or it doesn't make sense to me that she is pretending as if she didn't recognize consciously that people made their own meals because she's seen other people do it. She has to know that other people just do that and she just has chosen not to. I don't know. That was a little iffy for me because I'm like, We've already seen her ability to be really perspicacious, so I don't understand why we're treating it as if she would be surprised that other people cook their own meals. Of course, she would know this. She knows a lot of things because she's always looking at everything. And so after we have this moment where we find out that Attorney Wu does not make her own meals, we see Attorney Tweedledee and Junho in the car on their way to the hotel for their marriage appointment to get fitted for a dress and stuff. And so they're having this kind of cute conversation of what are they going to call each other while they're in the hotel. She's like, what about Junho oppa? And I'm just like, don't call him that, please. I know that it's normal and it's the norm to call someone oppa if you're in a relationship with them and they're older than you in Korea, but I also think that daddy's weird, like to call your significant other daddy, that's fucking weird. So I have feelings about it. I may not have the feelings that I do if I had been born and raised in Korea and had the cultural context for that, but I, I still think it's strange. So that's where I'm at. But anyway, she says that and Junho is like, oh, that seems a little, still a little too formal. Let's not always use our names. How about Sweetie? And Tweedledee basically melts in her seat when she hears him call her Sweetie. So that was really cute for me. Even though I know they're not gonna end up together, that's not at all what this K-drama is about. That's not at all what any K-drama is about. That's not gonna happen. And then when she's having this moment that she's melting into her seat, attorney Wu calls Junho and she's like, hey, do you think that people should be independent and not have their fathers make them their food. And Juno's like, ideally, yeah. And she's like, but whales don't always do that. A lot of whales just stay with their mothers their entire lives. Tweedledee's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Because he puts her on speaker so he could keep driving and have this conversation with her. 
and Fiddledee basically tells Attorney Wu off for interrupting a man during his work day and is like, oh, so this is the topic that you have with him that only the two of you talk about. And so she feels a lot like, like a weight is lifted from her because she's like, oh, it's not some sexy thing that they have. She just talks to him about whales. That's a lot less threatening for a romantic partner or whatever. And they hang up and Tweedledee is like, how often does she call you for this? And then we have a flashback to all the times that she calls him or just corners him in the office just to tell him about whales. There was like three scenarios in which he explains to her that Wu has just taken over and just talked to him about whales. In the first scenario, he is brushing his teeth as part of, I'm assuming, a morning routine. And Attorney Quan, which is Tweedledum, is in the reflection of the mirror where he's brushing his teeth. And I'm like, I desperately want this to be gay. I absolutely cannot emotionally handle it if they actually make a character gay. But I want this so desperately to be gay. I want it so bad. There are not enough gay storylines in K-dramas, which I guess makes sense because I don't think gay folk are particularly lauded in Korea or represented generally. But still, I really want it to be gay, but it's probably not gay because I'm guessing he's the male romantic lead because honestly, he's pretty down bad for Attorney Wu, as we shall see. And so after the flashback, Tweedledee is like, why do you let her call you this often and interrupt your day like that? And he's like, oh, I'm happy to hear her. It's all interesting information. And if I don't, who will? And Tweedledee is like, you should set boundaries. I don't think she'll do it for you. And if you don't plan on listening to her forever to talk about whales, then you should set boundaries. And it looks to me like he's considering the concept of listening to her forever and he's not particularly against it as a concept. So that was cute. That was real cute. Tweedledee starts getting some tummy aches, which were relatable. I watched a TikTok that said that all hot people have tummy troubles. Wow. (laughs) That all hot people have tummy troubles. And I'm choosing to believe that's true because I have a lot of tummy troubles. And I just want to believe that I'm hot. And so they speed over to the hotel. She shits her pants, which is a very disgusting scene. She shits her pants and she texts attorney Wu to come over and get her a new pair of pants and attorney Wu shows up with a gift bag of her pants and she goes into the bathroom to get Tweedledee the pants and when Tweedledee looks at them she's like are you serious dude there weren't any dress pants in my closet like what and attorney Wu's like yeah there were but they all had labels and this seemed like the most comfortable thing and so after she comes out with the pajama pants she tells attorney Wu, hey you're gonna have to pretend to marry him now because i'm out i still have to shit my pants so you're gonna have to pretend to be getting married to him this is what we decided on calling each other the reason why we're getting married this quickly is because i'm expecting and Wu was like what does that mean wait does it mean not in the sense that you're expecting something to happen but rather that you're expecting a child and Tweedledee is like yeah because I'm expecting a child I'm carrying his baby duh and Wu is like oh okay and so she goes out to talk to Juno and she starts calling him darling and he basically gets fucking beat red about it so that was cute this whole like two three minutes where this all happened very cute very cute so they go into their appointment and it's a little awkward because she starts giving all these details about why the wedding is happening so quickly and the salesperson's like i didn't need to know that but okay and so she gives them a catalog for them to look through the dresses and attorney Wu picks out the one that the bride wore when it fell off and the salesperson is like oh i don't know if you should wear that one i don't think it's actually your style or it's a very old and outdated and Leon was like but I want it and so they bring it out and we find out that the woman who seems to be the one that does a lot of these appointments is out on an errand and while Wu is getting dressed in this wedding dress we see that the errand girl is coming back from her errands which was to get some bread at a bakery and she goes to the bathroom before going to the place which is very unsanitary and I don't know why they did that but she has this conversation with someone on the phone and is like, I don't know why 
I'm being asked to do this. This isn't my job. I'm not supposed to be getting errands. And if this other employee had been here, she would have stood up for me. And the person on the phone's like, why didn't you? And the employee who's carrying the bread is like, oh, didn't you hear? She got fired. She got fired. So that's news. That's big news in terms of the court case. Because <laughs> why did she get fired if the hotel is not liable for this wedding dress thing why did she get fired huh 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 and so Tweedledee calls Junho and lets him know that hey the errand girl is coming your way and she seems to know information about this wedding dress fiasco she talked to her and Junho goes and meets up with her and tries to get the contact information of the woman who got fired but Aaron girl is like, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't know you and that's personal information. And he gets called out to see attorney Wu in the wedding dress. So he goes into the waiting room to see her come out and he calls Tweedledee to tell her that he was unsuccessful on his mission to get the contact information out of the Aaron girl. And then the curtains part and attorney Wu just stands there. But there are a lot of really soft shots of her a lot of jump cuts to show her in this wedding dress to let us know that she looks really good in it and Junho is so fucking taken aback by this dude he stands up and he starts lowering his phone from his ear just to look at her and the sales lady is like look at him he's like basically in love again and attorney Wu is like oh she seems confused by it she's like i can't believe you fell in love with me huh and that scene ends and we go to this mediation room in the courthouse honestly i'm not sure what this is supposed to be whether it is a mediation attempt or what else it could possibly be i don't again i don't know anything about court proceedings in korea so i can't really tell you what this is supposed to be but the judge is presiding over these conversations that the plaintiff and the defendant are having and basically the judge is like i don't get it it's a wedding dress why are we trying to get a billion won of damages here and the judge thinks that this whole thing is a waste of the court's time and attorney jung argues that if the incident with the dress results in a broken marriage the emotional damages cannot be overlooked so actually a billion won is a reasonable amount and the defendant argues that the bride slipping on the dress is actually a her problem and so the hotel shouldn't be held responsible or liable for this. The judge tries to get them to settle but nobody's backing down so we go to court. And so at this point, I hadn't really figured out yet that this was mostly a business marriage and so I was like, this is such a frivolous lawsuit and it seems like neither Part of the family wanted this wedding to happen. And then we cut to the Tweedles meeting with the bride's doctor, psychiatrist, who tells them that she has PTSD from the wedding. And Tweedledum states very clearly that in order for them to win, the doctor has to testify that PTSD is the reason why they're breaking up. And he asked the doctor to do it for the bride. And the doctor is like, no, I can't do that. This is a client doctor privileges. I can't testify like that. But another thing that he says implies that nobody's really paying attention to the bride during this, which I agree with him. He's like, is this actually for the bride? Is it really? And so he won't testify. So that was a loss for our boys. And then we cut to attorney Wu and Junho having a meal at a cafe, which is a cafe that the errand girl went to grab the bread when she was being sent on an errand. And they're having their coffee. And attorney Wu starts talking about whale facts as you do, which I love hearing them. I'm very excited about them. And Junho is like, is there anything else that you want to talk to me about? Like anything at all? <laughs> and remember, this is like immediately after, not immediately after, but maybe a day after he had seen her in the dress reveal. So he's fully smitten. And who's like, no, there isn't anything that I would like to talk to you about other than whales. 
she seems confused by this. And something that I noticed while they were having this conversation was that he was talking to her informally in Korean. There's different word endings depending on how formal you were trying to convey the message. And so she uses the formal regardless of whether the fact that I think he's supposed to be her subordinate in this situation. And so she's using the formal and he's using a more casual version. It's not completely informal, like with your chingus or whatever. It's like slightly less formal, but it's still formal. But anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting that she does that because I do that too when I'm home and I'm uncertain whether I should talk to someone informally in Spanish or formally. I always will default to formally. So I get it. But I just thought that was a notable thing that doesn't really come across when you're watching it with like English subtitles, which I would also assume it wouldn't come across in Spanish subtitles because formal language is not as common, I would assume, in Korea. It's only in very specific situations where you would use formal but obviously i am very bad at those types of rules anyway so i'll just default to formal regardless but yeah i thought that was interesting that it wouldn't really come up in english maybe i'm totally wrong and i don't know nearly enough korean to make these types of observations and feel free to call me out on it i would love the feedback and because she has nothing else to say to him he's like oh what about we schedule a time in which you tell me all your whale facts and then the rest of the time we don't talk about whales <laughs> and so he set up a standing lunch date let me have this i am calling it a date to let her talk to him about whales without having to be on call at all times for her to tell him about whale facts and she, of course, has to make sure she understands the parameters of this exchange. And she's like, okay, does this mean that outside of lunch, I cannot talk to you about whales? And he's like, yes, but what if I have to talk about whales? <laughs> and he's like, fine, if you have to talk about whales, talk about whales. And she's like, great, okay, <laughs> which is really cute. And that also reminded me of me when I have to ask about the parameters of something rather than just go with the flow and figure it out as I go. Like I've definitely had conversations in which I'm like, okay, just to make sure these are the parameters of the condition you just set. I just, I don't want to impose on anyone. This is something that I learned relatively recently that when someone asks you for coffee, they're not offering only coffee. Like you're going to a cafe and getting a beverage of your choice if you even want to. That was not clear to me. If you ask someone to go get coffee, I assume that you want to get coffee and then something that isn't coffee isn't particularly on the menu or on the list of acceptable things to do when someone asks you very specifically for coffee. I would prefer if people were like, oh, do you want to go to a coffee shop or a cafe? with me, that would make more sense to me because I'm like, oh, everything on the menu is clearly an option. And now I understand if you are neurotypical, this whole rant and side note about having to get coffee at a coffee shop if someone asks you for coffee makes no fucking sense to you. I understand that because now when I like know what that means and what the cultural and societal expectations are for that makes sense to me and i understand how strange it must sound to neurotypicals that you would assume that only coffee was on the menu but let me tell you that is not obvious if you are not very good at reading social clues so yeah that scene reminded me of that about myself and so the woman comes in to go get the bread from the cafe that she's being sent on an errand for and Junho and attorney Wu convince her to give them more information about the woman who was fired but she's actually not even in the country anymore so I don't even know what this is going to help you with but they tell her like oh the bride has been really psychologically distressed over this and she starts feeling bad then we cut to the courtroom where they're waiting for a witness to show up and obviously she's late so that she can make it an entrance and Jun Ho appears very last minute when they're about to move on from questioning this witness and rescheduling it for another point. He opens the door and the errand girl shows up and I'm like that doesn't seem like the woman who got fired because we've actually seen this woman before so 
she walks down to the witness stand and we learn a fucking bombshell. So she gets sworn in and she tells the story as we had heard it before where the bride was like, this dress is too loose and she was the one who was helping her get dressed and she says, oh, you probably lost weight because a lot of brides lose weight before a ceremony, but then. I have my mouth open, you can't see that, but it's like, what? But then we find out that after the wedding, Erin Girl found out that the dress that the bride was supposed to wear on that day had been ripped by the woman who got fired. And instead of telling the bride what had happened, they just found another dress that was bigger than the dress that was fit for the bride and tailored for the bride and put her in that instead. So it is the hotel's fault that the dress fell off because it was too big. It was not the dress that she was supposed to wear. And that's why the woman got fired because she's the one who ripped the dress. And everyone in the courtroom is set alight. It's just, what? Oh my God. Oh my God. And the errand girl is like, yeah, I know. I know. The woman got fired because of that. And then the head of the department of weddings was like, you can't tell anybody because if you do, we're going to fire you too. So it was like, damn, dude, how scary. You're going to lose your job? But anyway, so she was like, yeah, I'm being like really brave right now. So you guys should feel really sorry for me that I'm probably going to lose my job. <laughs> so after that bombshell comes out, the bride is the one to take the stand now. And the defendant's strategy here is to basically say that the bride isn't really under that much distress. And he pulls out another bombshell, which is that the bride has been posting on this anonymous forum site saying that she's happy that the wedding didn't happen because she didn't want to marry that guy because she doesn't know him. And so she types in the post, if I pretend to be traumatized for long enough, I probably won't have to marry this guy. So that's a big fucking hole in the in the plaintiff's case. It's a big fucking hole. How are they going to move on from this? And they do because they got attorney woo. But yeah, that was, I was like, damn, she didn't, say, she didn't tell him nothing. In the post... She says something about how long can I keep running away from this? And my brain immediately is primed to go gay, 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 must be gay, right? And the vast majority of the time, K-dramas are not about to give us gay characters. So I was like, yeah, it's not gay, but oh, I wanted to be gay. And after that bombshell drops, go back to the drawing board with the Tweedles, Junha, Attorney Wu, and Attorney Jung. And they're questioning her, like, why didn't you say anything? What the heck? Side note, though, it feels like they shouldn't have been blindsided by this information. Like, I feel like in my non-existent experience of law, I hear a lot about people having access to the evidence before a court case can happen. You can't just spring evidence on people unless it's completely new information. But even then, I just don't think that you can just do that. So I'm like, I don't know. This seems like they shouldn't have been able to introduce this piece of evidence at all. But maybe that's just some criminal court cases. Or maybe this is just Korean and I don't know shit about shit and about Korean law. And again, while they're having this conversation about rethinking their strategy moving forward, we find out that the parents are the ones who are arranging this and her dad just wanted to be married into a Chibol family. And she starts getting sad because she's very disappointed about the fact that she can't just make decisions based on her emotions. She was always aware that she couldn't just marry someone for love. It had to be like business strings attached. But she's just sad that it was going to be the case that she was going to marry someone that she didn't love at all or even know really for the business aspect. And Tweedledum, like, he's such a dick. He was like, in all respect, 
everyone else isn't being gifted many millions of dollars worth of land when you get married. Because we find out by what she says that her father-in-law was going to give her a piece of land somewhere and her dad was planning to develop it. And so that's why her dad is so upset because he was going to have a business opportunity there and that is lost. And attorney Wu is like, wait a minute, wait a goddamn minute wait a minute, I got this. And so she explains that because her getting that land is a condition of her marriage, this actual lawsuit is about a whole lot more money than it is about a billion won because this piece of land is worth many millions. And so they are actually more than within their rights to ask for more money in their lawsuit but they have to change it rather than being about the dress. They have to change it that the cause is because of the, the loss of that gift that she was going to get when she got married. Side note, not a side note, but something I forget to mention is that every time that Wu figures out something about the case, like this, for example, that the case can be about this piece of land that was never gifted rather than the dress. Her breakthrough moment includes her having visions of a humpback whale. I'm assuming it's a humpback whale. I might be wrong. I don't know my whales. Just breaching? It's so strange and feels really out there. But yeah, I just thought that was something noteworthy. I don't know why I didn't bring it up last episode, but when I saw it again, I was like, oh, this is gonna happen every time, isn't it? Oh, okay. After Wu tells them this change of strategy, she writes out this statement to ask the court to change the cause of the lawsuit so they can ask for more money. They cut to them showing the statement to the bride's dad and the bride is present now and they're like, hey, because of this gift that you were going to get but you didn't because of the wedding going so poorly or because you weren't able to register whatever because if the wedding goes so poorly the amount that we can ask for in this lawsuit can go up considerably and the dad is like by how much like how much are we talking about here and they're like oh how much money was the land worth do you know and the dad asks his assistant and the assistant's like it, it was worth 33.2 billion won and the attorneys are like then we can ask for 33.2 billion won in damages. And the dad obviously gets very excited about it, but Han, Han is like, it's unlikely that we're going to get that much, but just because the judge probably won't call something like that. Pero if we get them to settle, we can get you 3.2 billion won, which is like 10% of the amount of money that the land is worth. And so everyone's really excited about this turn of events, except for the bride, Honestly, unclear why she's upset about getting money. It legitimately doesn't make sense to me how against this lawsuit she seems to be throughout this whole thing. I really don't get it. It might be a values thing, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. The bride is the one that doesn't want to go through with it. Yeah, so after they go back to the courtroom where Wu's boss, Attorney Joan, confirms that they were promised land upon the marriage during a lunch and the witness is like yep that's what the dad promised and that's when Tweedledee gets a tummy ache and she leaves the courtroom and as she leaves the door opens and we see a woman coming in and the woman and the bride share a look and that look said sapphic it screamed lesbo and my brain was like fuck dude i really want this to be gay but it's not going to be gay so they share that look which is very distracting to me and i probably am not gonna do a great job at detailing what happens next just because i probably blacked out when they had that gay look so after that look just about when attorney Jung and attorney Wu and the Tweedles are about to get their way and get the cause of the lawsuit changed, the bride raises her hand and she's like, I withdraw the lawsuit. It was very dramatic. 
And we have a flashback to the time when the attorneys were talking with the bride's dad about the increase in money that they can ask for. That same day, the bride had asked attorney Wu, how do I withdraw the lawsuit? And Wu's like, there's two ways. And then the bride is like, what's the simplest way to do it? And attorney Wu's like, oh, you just say to the judge, I withdraw the lawsuit during a court case or during a trial so that's what she does she withdraws the case and everyone's like are you sure are you sure sure and she's like yep that's exactly what i want obviously the dad is very upset and obviously the defendant is like yep we accept that that's a good outcome (laughs) because obviously they're going to have to give up millions or billions i guess it is millions of dollars billions of won if they had won the case and so the judge says that the trials ended because they gave up (laughs) and the dad comes up to to see his daughter and he gets really angry at her he's like who told you you could do this like why would you do this and the daughter is like i didn't want to do this and so she comes out to him as a buddhist which is why she has a Buddhist religious figure on her back and like I wrote down in my notes it's gay and she also comes out that the woman who had entered the courtroom was her girlfriend ah, it was gay it was so gay it was so gay don't get me wrong we did not get a gay kiss but we did get a gay handhold so I'm very excited like I think this is the best most complete representation of gay that I've seen in a K-drama so far. So after we find out that it's gay, we have a flashback to the bride's bedroom where she had all of these pictures of her friends and family and none of her fiance or her husband. Same person. But she had a lot of pictures with her girlfriend and it was really cute and I loved it. And the dad obviously gets like all worked up in a tizzy and I low-key had the thought of maybe attorney Wu should have a hundred percent fatality rate on all of her court cases. Cause he was getting up in a tizzy too, like the last guy in the last episode, he got like really angry and stuff. I'm like, is this guy about to have a heart attack? And that doesn't look good. But he didn't, and he's fine. So, you know, I'm over the moon here. <laughs> Which I think is a very accurate reflection of the sorry state of gay relationships and gay dramas. But anyway, we find out that they're gay. And so attorney Kwan and attorney Wu are very happy for her. And attorney Choi Tweedledee comes back into the courtroom just as everyone is emptying out. And she's like, what happened? And they're both like... It was incredible. And they refused to tell her anything. And so we cut to them having a celebratory dinner. And Han, the CEO of Hanbada, comes into the room telling them like, Oh, we didn't win this one, pero the dad has moved all of his cases from Tesan to us. So I think we won anyway. And obviously, attorney Wu is having kimbap. And finally, Tweedledee learns her her lesson and eats just porridge for her stomach because she's been having a lot of tummy troubles <laughs> lately. So after the dinner, Junho is waiting for her at the restaurant. When Attorney Wu comes out, she's wearing her headphones, and he calls out to her and he's like, "Hey, Attorney Wu!" And she's she just bows at him and just keeps going on her jolly way. I think it's like a combination of the fact that she is going to see her dad and also because she can't talk to him about whales anymore so she just keeps walking and he looks like a fucking lost puppy it was so sad i wanted to give him a hug poor man he is so head over heels for this woman and she could not give less of a fuck <laughs> it's lovely i love male pining male pining is the only form of acceptable pining she gets home and gives her dad kimbap from this really fancy restaurant where they're having their celebratory dinner and the dad is obviously disappointed because he's like yeah kimbap it's not like i make these all day every day and there's a lull in the conversation and attorney Wu's like so i know it's unlikely that i'm gonna get married because i have autism and i looked it up because i was like why would it mean that you wouldn't get married? And I looked it up, and apparently only 5% of the autistic population in the U.S. gets married. And I'm just like, the fuck, why? I don't want to. So yes, that's a vote against it. But damn, dude, I would not expect that to be so low. That was crazy. But I guess it is what it is. So after she tells him that if she does marry, 
she doesn't want him to walk her down the aisle because she'll be an adult by then which is okay <laughs> and, and she wants to give him her bouquet because she wants him to get married she's like i don't want you to be alone i want you to have your own gal when i find my own person obviously he's very touched and he almost cries eating his kimbap then the last scene of this episode we see the ceo of tesan which is also a woman and i'm loving it living for this situation in which the two people in the highest positions that we have been introduced to so far have been women and that's great <laughs> so we see an interview with her and she's talking to the interviewer about how she's not going to force her son to take over the firm when she's over it and so i'm like who's her son though who that is it juno it seems unlikely, but who is it? Why are we being cryptic? What's his name? And when the interview's over, I think her assistant comes in and she tells the CEO that the bride's dad moved all of their cases over to Hanbada. And she is very impressed about the reason why. She's like, oh, why didn't we figure out that we could do the damages thing? We should have known that. And so she's also very interested in attorney Wu now because she figured out how to represent that guy. But she's not worried because she's like, as soon as they do something wrong, he's going to come right back to us. And I'm like, ooh, I don't think that's true. I don't think that they're going to do something wrong because so far they're infallible. So that's where the episode ends. And I am quite excited to see what's coming up next. I am Okay, not quite excited. I am hesitantly excited because I like the characters, but I'm not a super huge fan of all the focus on the court drama portion of it. I'm not super, super excited about it, but I am excited about everything else. So I will say that I'm excited overall, but I really hope it's not as courtroom heavy as this one was. I don't think the last one was this courtroom heavy either. And... Please let me know if you have any feedback. I would really appreciate it. I know that I said that earlier and I didn't give you a way to contact me, but my email is koreandramarants at gmail. So if you do have feedback, please send it over my way. I would love to get better at this. I'm trying to learn how to edit podcasts and I hope that it shows. This is all new to me and I hope you're giving me grace.